Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm Uzo, and I'm here with Tolu and Ezra. Hi, Uzo. To- wait, wait, Tolu, you are actually here today for this episode, right? Just making sure. Yes, I am. No pool party today. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so that's good i mean not good that you're not sort of out there enjoying yourself but <laughs> we're glad to have you um Thank on another you. episode so what up how was everyone's week it was good it was okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was good it was quiet here but yeah generally good it was my birthday this week <laughs> yay was that cake of course, there was cake. There was cake, and there was chicken, and there was quite a bit of wine and something else that was alcoholic and okay. other random things. But it was cool. <laughs> You're a wine and drinker. I had no idea. I am an alcohol drinker. Well, that's sort of the same thing. <laughs> no, like I, the point I'm trying to make is. I'm an everything drinker. Like, I drink almost all things alcoholic. And I'm not sure I should be saying this here. So, <clears throat> moving on. No, 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 no. Why no. can't you be saying that? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I'm serious. I mean, people have been thinking we're like moral beacons. So, we need to let them know that we're human beings too. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, so uh, that's pretty much all there has, there has to be said about the alcohol intake. That is my pastime. Um, but like the rest of my week was, there's a lot of, what do you call it, program activities back again to the pitching stuff I told you about. And then um, we have these things called plateau meetings where we talk about things we're experiencing and how we can leverage off of each, each other's experiences to help in building our companies. And then there was also just the announcement that the Startup Chile program um, application is officially open for this next batch. I, I mentioned it on radar. Um, oh, yeah, I saw, I saw that track. Yeah. So that yeah. nobody told me they were giving out $30,000 and a trip to uh, Chile. Like, yeah, is, it's I, I, is, is it too late for me to just make up one BS startup? Like, <laughs> I, just, I just have a nice... Uzo, Uzo, your loyalty nice program... Um, Startup, you I think, or product you're talking about the other day, right? You remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, it's actually live. Apparently, that shit is big in, here in the US. Um, a, a white combinator startup, I think, from 2011. I'm not sure anymore, but um, their name is Five Stars. They recently mm. got um, about 50 million in funding, I think, last, last hey, week. God. Yeah. So, and, then, and they are not the only ones that are. That are making it here. There are a couple, there's another one. Uh, I think um, launched maybe last year or late last uh, or two years ago or something. And they've also gotten at, at least very interesting amounts in funding. And why? Because the business model is just perfect, right? Everybody is happy at the end of the day. Customers are happy because they are getting uh, their loyalty rewards. The businesses are happy because. They get people to they come back. You understand? People are coming back. People are giving them um, good ratings on social media or other review sites. And, you know, basically, 
and they can compete. They can go shoulder to shoulder with the big boys who have the money, who have the budget mm-hmm. to do things like this anyway. So everybody's I happy. Have one no. quick, I don't know if it's a comment or a question right now about what you said. You said you think it's really big here because people are getting like 50 million in funding and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, go on. No, no, so no. It, my, it's it's I, kind of like a realization. So you know, um, funding. You said let her go, and then you just cut her off. Like, oh, 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 okay, you. okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. The question in that is that is funding now the measure of how valid or how good a business is doing? Because I would have liked to hear more about. So what's what is the customer engagement with that? How many people have they signed up? What what are their metrics and what's the attraction like? Okay. More buzzwords, but like I would like to hear more of that than the funding. Yeah, that's good and fine, but who's <laughs> using it? Yeah, so the funding, the reason why I mentioned funding is like, oh, validation. How would I put it? So now I know uh, I've heard of these companies in the past, right? And I've heard of, oh, yeah, these people are using them, these people are using them, and all of that. And then you just know, okay, this is a good business model and all of that. But mm-hmm. because that's not really my space anyway and all of that, I'm not exactly interested in digging further, you get Okay. And then yesterday, I'm looking at the news, or I flip through websites, and then I hear, oh, wait, um, these guys raised 50 million. It's like, okay, <laughs> apparently some people in that space who are really interested in shit like that, or who understand how that business works, right, um, yeah. are actually validating this, that this makes sense, and all of that. Yes, I can see the little validation from my own end. But these guys are, are doing that. That's, so that's why I was like, oh, apparently that thing, that idea is big. Because if Uzo remembers well, and if other people remember um, listening to this um, podcast remember well, I was actually kind of yawning when Uzo was telling me about the <laughs> business the last time. Like, uh, okay, wherever, man. Like, because I don't know, to me, it wasn't interesting. But now I'm like, oh, okay. So it's actually an interesting, you understand. So that's, that's the apparently that is big over here. That's where that came from. Yeah. There's actually um, a company in my cohort for the S factory that is into loyalty. They're called Loyogram. They're based in India, though. Okay. Um, I think for me, the main thing is I don't really understand how it works. To be honest, I, that is my own problem, yeah. too. <laughs> like, it's so like, I get okay. that it's interesting and everybody goes, or everybody goes away happy, but I really don't understand how it works. Like Nobody has been able to simplify it for me enough for me to like buy into the idea. Um, so yeah, I think that's my main issue. Okay. Uh, um, maybe let, let me put it this way: If you okay, growing up in Canada, we had um, these cards called SIM cards or something like that. Oh, sorry, SPC cards. What happens is at the beginning of the school year, the um, you pay for these cards, and mm-hmm. what you get is. Um, you, you get discounts to a bunch of places and this is basically the same concept without, but hold on, let, let me rephrase my thought here. Okay, so these um, SPC cards gives you student bonus to a bunch of things. So if I go to the movies, right, the movie ticket is normally $10. I give them my SPC card and it's $7 and I get a free popcorn or something like that. That mm. is essentially how the rewards thing will work for customers you come in you patronize a company and you get points those points 
accumulate and you can use those points to gain other, like gain benefits in some way or the other. So for customers, it's like here's a thing that if you keep showing us this thing or if you keep using it, you will get a discount, right? Yeah. But then every time they use it, the card like the card identifies them, and every time they use it, there is some piece of data about them that is stored somewhere or some thing that is. It's like, okay, this person went to the movie this Tuesday. Um, next week, you know, the person uses it again here and there and there. And you start building a profile about the com- about the person. This person is literally volunteering data over for some arbitrary bonus. And so for companies, they now have um, access to, uh, they now have like a, a profile of their customer. So the movie theater can be like, you know what, it might make sense to have a taco stand at our place because we've noticed that a good 30% of our customers purchase tacos every week. So if they could come here and, you know, like, would it be possible to experiment and see if they would come to the movies and want to eat tacos instead of popcorn? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so in that end, I mean, like, that's the base, that's the basic trade-off that I can see that interested me when we first started, um, when I first approached my friends and we started talking. Um, it's that the customers get a discount, the companies get data, and that data allows them to do more things and help them create more sticky experiences for their actual customers. And of course, because we also have this data, it can help in other ways. Like, for example, um, theoretically, if um, KFC was looking to open a new location and we have all this data on where people are shopping and eating, we could say, you know what, this would be a really good location because there's no KFC around here, but people in this area patronize lots of chicken places. Like, this would be an ideal... We have access to the data to be able to tell them that kind of thing. I don't know if this kind of simplifies it a bit. Customers get benefits, companies get data. I don't know. It seems like a really easy, obvious trade-off. Yeah, so I guess what you... I I, I get what you mean. Um, And I think two things that popped into my mind was, one, is it just that it's not um, our culture, so to speak, or something we're familiar with? Ezra, this is also for you. I mean... Um, maybe, oh. maybe so because you were in Canada and it was something that works. I mean, it was just a way things were done. Because I even think about it here in Santiago. Yeah, there's this uh, supermarket just downstairs from our apartment. And people, they always ask me something in Spanish that I assume they're asking if I want to use my points. But I don't know about this point or how they work, how to even get a card. So I just tell them no, I'm paying in cash and I go on. Right, um, but you're not the first one who's got to tell me about this point thing. I even think about it when we're flying um, airplanes, whatever flights, uh-huh, uh-huh. and they're always asking you to accrue points, and we don't use these things, or I don't use them. I don't know many people who do, who are like indigenous Nigerians who haven't schooled abroad and all that. And I, 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 I'm ready to stand corrected. I'm open to hearing what people think about point systems and loyalty programs and them working. Um, in Nigeria specifically. And I guess one other thing that comes to mind is the data. Like, um, It was something I, w- I wanted to suggest that we talk about, maybe not now, maybe later, more around data and how many companies in Nigeria are actually data-driven. The one organization or the one set of organizations I think should be heavily data-driven that are just full of 
crap is banks because I think about how many banks send me information about um, retirement and I'm like you have all my information you have all my details why are you sending me things about retirement I'm just 28 <laughs> like so those are two things can, that I because they can see the money you're <laughs> earning they know you can retire right now <laughs> <laughs> nice one I don't think that's it. But anyways, that was my tangent of that. I, I get that it's something, I get that loyalty programs are something that are useful. It's just not something that I have seen um, or I think are relevant to me right now or have been sold the benefit well enough. Um, I'll be very interested in hearing how many people in Nigeria or listening actually use loyalty programs. I also think of Health Plus, um, this pharmacy chain in Nigeria and how I have the account yes. but I've actually used it. You um, know, I actually yeah. do have the account so I as well. That there are a few organizations that have that or a few supermarkets, but yeah. it's not the, the benefits of it are not touted enough that I think is what the stress of going through. And every time I see, oh, you just say five naira, I'm like, five naira, really? But it adds up at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, definitely worth exploring a bit more. Uzo, it's now your job to sell to us the advantages of loyalty programs and why we should use them. Thank you and God bless. If it's my job, are you paying me? Like, seriously. Isn't it you that wants to start a business? Isn't it that wants to start a business that will be that they will invest fifty million US dollars in? Come on. Oh yeah, that's that's good motivation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, why I don't think it's culturally um prevalent around here in Nigeria is because um companies in Nigeria I don't think have leveraged technology as much as they have. We're not. Like you said that the, um, the the perfect example you gave is that banks are not data-driven, and yet they have access to pretty much every bit of information that concerns our financial lives, yeah. and yet they're still messing up on the basic things. Now, those are the obvious guys. The Everybody else just, you know, I, the, the every step down the the chain you go is like maybe there's like an exponential drop off in like paying attention to data or you to harnessing it in a practical way. It's not that people are not data driven and it's just the, the format of the data and the way we process it is completely different. If you look at um, a corner shop in like, sorry, like any, any just small shop, they, uh, those guys actually pay attention to trends in the market and what's available, you know, like if even the, even the nearest salon, they already, they have a pretty good idea what kind of hairstyles the, their typical clientele are going to want. They've stocked the mm-hmm. hair They're You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not that they are not data driven. It's not like they're ignoring the market. They pay attention to these things, but this information is not in it's siloed in people's heads and it's not pulled together to be like in in a form that could be teased and teased apart and looked at under different spectrums. So we work on damn near intuition. Like it's it's not like I, I wouldn't say it's like blind shoot, but we we work based on the data model we have in our heads. And we could be ignoring a lot of data points, we could be um, misinterpreting a lot of data and if we had like an actual graph in front of us or a different perspective we'll be able to make more sense of it um, 
what I was trying to get at is culturally businesses in Nigeria don't run on, hey, let's pull up those numbers from last year and look and see how this did or what's going on. Like we have new crops of companies doing that now. Like you'll see Conga say, hey, we just hit our, you know, like we just we, we beat our last record of um, transactions during Black Friday or we ha- we now have um, one thousand. A lot of the new tech companies are actually keeping track of these metrics. But the average Nigerian business, the person who is selling clothes in a in, in a boutique shop on Allen, is is not paying attention to that. She's not paying attention to the, or rather, she's not curating not curating, collecting that data in a way that she can go back and look at it and compare year on year yeah. what what the trends were and how things were moving. So this entire system is very tech-driven. You have to have some way to get that data into the system and a way of like categorizing and filing it away so that when you want to go back and run a query, you have many different endpoints to pull and look at and weigh your your intuition against and you can sort of put what's going on in your head and in your mind against raw numbers. Um, but we businesses haven't been driven that way in Nigeria. It, and in mo- other parts of the world, even before they had the technology to help them, they had they had this sort of principle about things. They, they had like very meticulous bookkeeping and like they would review this information and make plans. Like, um, have you read one of the books I've read that I really, really love is um, um, my, my life and works by Henry Ford. And this is, he's talking about, um, building Ford car company, obviously, um, but back in the early 1900s. And the way he considered data and the way it was very paramount to how they did business, like they would calculate how many moves or how many steps it would take for a particular worker to complete an action and how the physical distance they need to travel across the factory floor to like, for example, say... Your, your job is to attach the right wheel onto the vehicle frame. They would calculate, okay, so you need four bolts and you would need um, four nuts to screw this on. And it, it, it will take you about 37 seconds on average to get it. If we put this stuff, this supplies this much closer, you can get it done in 18 seconds and that can improve your productivity. You don't have to move as much they were the pioneers in like the assembly line in the car industry and that was because they were very data driven they would remodel the entire factory to bring efficiency to every stage of the job if they can save seven seconds here if they can save three seconds here if they can save five percent of the metal used here you know like and they would accumulate all of these advantages and the funniest thing was the first year he released the cars was the most expensive. Every year kept getting progressively cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so they, they would be, and they would also get more profitable. 
we don't do business like that in Nigeria. And this is like, we're talking about 1920s, 30s, 40s. This is how somebody was running his business before the first computer was invented. Today, everybody has a computer in their pocket, but we as a culture haven't taken on the whole accumulating data and using it to improve business processes. The, our, our way to success is finding more customers and charging them more as opposed to optimizing our processes to get more value out of the same input or minimized input anyways. Um, and that's the big difference here because in, in, the, in Canada, in the U.S., you'll see every company is, well, not every company, but a ton of companies are going through to make their own system of gathering this data. Um, Shoppers Drug Mart, which is um, a drugstore slash convenient, not convenience store, but they have like, uh, yeah, just a drugstore slash convenience store. They have their own rewards cards system. You know, um, the store beside them near where I live is Longo's. They sell groceries and they have their own points card and this thing. The gas station, Esso, has their own points. This thing. Everybody has their own points system. And the only real advantage for them is because obviously they're giving discounts on their products, but they're getting more data on their customers and they're using that data to shape how they operate. Now, in Nigeria, because we don't have that culture, the whole loyalty card system is not important to them. And so us bringing a complete package system and setting it up for clients, like sometimes they may not fully appreciate it. You know, we just tell them, you know what, it will help you get more customers mm -hmm. because your existing customers will get a bonus, you know, like they'll get discounts and they want to come back more. Fine. They get, you know, we set it up for them, get them the cards, and then we give them access to the dashboard. And they start, you know, they, they go through the process, and Nigerians being Nigerians, some of them just prefer to, you know, like, they'll be like, oh, somebody just signed up. You know what? Just fill out this paper form here. I'll enter it into the computer later when I have time. Yeah. But then they start getting data, and they're, you know, like, their dashboard starts populating. They start seeing their customers. They can not be in the shop one day or two days and know that, oh, this person actually came over and they spent this amount of money. Ah, wow. You know, they hit the button and send the customer an SMS saying, thank you for patronizing our business, you know, um, or something. So they start getting that data and it might be the most basic actionable thing, like just reaching out to the customer to encourage them or find out if they had a good experience or something and they start getting hooked and then they start... You know, it starts a feedback loop system. They realize, oh, you know, we can actually get in touch with the customers through this system. And, you know, in, on top of having access to data and it becomes a self-fulfilling cycle yeah. where the more they use it, the more valuable it becomes for them. And the more they use it, which makes it even more valuable for them. And you get you get the song and dance. So it's um, it's a it's a it's a it's a cultural thing. Uh, sorry, it's it's a cultural mindset we kind of have to turn around, because every other culture is doing it. They they're more meticulous about the way they analyze and work, they analyze yeah. business and work with everything. 
So we're trying to sort of help them with that. And that's it. We build a, a complete system that's, they don't have to think about it. Somebody just walks in, they tap an NFC card and everything else happens. But then when they now start getting access to it, they now start encouraging their customers. And, you know, sometimes I check the dashboard and I'm surprised who's using it or how often they are using it. Um, sometimes I expect like a drop off, like, okay, we've come, we've told them this thing is important. We've set it up for them and, you know, like, let, let's just see how they use it. And then I check the dashboard and they're still using it and things are going pretty well. I'm like, wow, like I didn't actually think that a nail salon would be able to use a points card system. Like, well, you just go in there and get your nails done. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Um, what can you offer them? Like, an, an extra coating on their nails you know like <laughs> how would you know this thing when you don't paint your nails as you are telling <laughs> he doesn't understand <laughs> you know what you know what don't, don't, don't make me do, do this as a challenge and, and have do painted it. nails for oh, like really? you should have fisher really? streaks of black and white and then so because it's, it's because it's painted nails must it be pink huh why can't I go with some? Why can't I go with manly colors? Huh? Like seriously, what do you mean? what's wrong? With, like, what's wrong with pink? What is wrong with pink? Tell me. Uh, pink <laughs> is not the most manly color. Is all I have to say about that. <laughs> the last time I went, I went to a party wearing a pink shirt. I was propositioned, so and not by a girl. So I don't think like I, I will stay away from pink for a while. <laughs> That makes it very manly, though. It's attracting men. How much manlier could it get? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just had like a 10-minute spiel about something serious, and now you're telling me to go and take my nails. I, yeah, so I, I, um, I'm actually, so I'm very interested in this, honestly, and I, um, I would definitely like to talk to you a bit more about it and potentially write something about it. You know how I was asking you guys, about things you'll want to read about. Well, this is something I will want to read about. Loyalty programs the world over and how it's been adopted in Nigeria. So, Are you sure I want to read about it? I don't, I'm writing it for myself in this case. Oh, okay. I want to read about it. <laughs> All right, yeah. um, but I'm actually interested in how Uzo or how the implementation is um, is supposed to work because mm -hmm. um, Nigeria is a culture where I think Uzo also hinted at that um, while he was talking, where um, pe um, basically people are used to the old ways of doing things and are not exactly willing to change and all of that. Um, yeah. We come from a country where we put in an inventory management system in a, in a small shop and have them make use of it but um simply because the person who is on duty at a particular time you know can't be bothered anyway you know that they sell everything they have to sell outside of the system and just write it down pen and paper the boss really doesn't care much because he can't remember the last time he went to check the inventory management in the inventory systems dashboard dashboard anyway so you know he doesn't care and at the end of the day you, you suddenly realize the software you deployed at this particular store um, suddenly dropped off in terms of usage and, you know, nobody's using it. They're back to their old ways. If someone else goes back again two years' time and says, hey, we want to sell you an inventory management system, this and this and this is how it will go and all of that. But because they have an experience with it, not like it was a bad experience, but they didn't really see the value because they didn't even bother using it in the first place and all of that. They are not you even interested in talking to you. You understand? And they're just like, yeah... 
we'll get back to you we'll get back to you and you know everybody just goes their separate ways and all of that and uh, this still ends up never happening so how do you intend to because i'm sure number one you won't be the first person selling a loyalty um package to companies to companies like this considering a couple of other companies have um have it in some way shape or form like we just talked about l plus as well and yeah yeah and um you know they have it they gave me this card but then i've been going to l plus continuously afterwards i think it's only once i've actually found a reason to talk about it with the person who was going to sell me something but other times they don't even bother asking like oh do you have you know funny enough in all fairness, every time I go, they ask me about it. Oh, really? So now yeah. that goes back to what we're saying about if the person on duty at a particular time doesn't give a shit about mm. it. You understand? Like, the usage, it's, there's no enforcement of some sort. Like, okay, now we are moving to this. Because it's not like a very big deal in the... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe don't let me speak for everybody just like that. But I think the question here is how do you intend um, rolling it out, number one? How do you intend plugging into their existing systems in such a way that it, um, it is um, less friction to use? It's not like they are going out of their comfort zone to make use of um, this loyalty program that should eventually uh-huh. add value back to them, you know, things like that. So, yeah. Just give us, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, there's a couple of, um, actually, that's a very good question. Um, there's a couple of ways that this, um, that we, we, before before I even um, got on board, this was a big question for me, and I was trying to figure out how this would make sense. Um, the first thing that made sense to me is find find owners that actually even care about their customers number one if if the cost if the owners don't if they're more um penny pinching penny wise pound foolish kind of customers i mean kind of owners of businesses that are looking for how to make how to save five naira here and 20 naira there and that is really their main priority they they're they're already rendering so par customer service in many areas and True. they don't care. True. So this system does is not going to work for people who don't care about the kind of experience they're delivering for their customers. That's mm-hmm. number one. So that rules out a whole lot of classes of business right away. And even though those co- those companies have the money to pay and have and would be really, really good um case studies for us to be running this, we rule it out because those people are not likely to enforce the system or see the benefits in the system. And we would have to be, like you said, there will be that drop-off and eventually it's not going to be, it's just going to be sitting there doing nothing. So um, that's not a, that's not an option. Um, So, First criteria is the, the owner of the business has to care about their cu- their customers and the service they're delivering to them. Um, an example I can give, I, I don't know if I can give any of our actual customer examples right now, but an example would be my dad's company. Um, this guy has been super fanatic about customer service since as long as I can remember. And... Um, there was a point in time where he just, just he set my dad sells mobile phones, and um, 
at one point, every customer, everybody that buys, he takes their phone number. And after about two weeks, they get a call back. And, you know, the person asks, hey, good, uh, good afternoon. You patronized our business. Um, just wanted to find out how things are going with you and the product. Is this still working? Is it fine? You know, like, does it meet your needs and blah, blah, blah. And people are always surprised by that. Right, mm-hmm. they're like, wait, what? Like you're calling, like wh- hold on, you're calling, you're calling me back. Like <laughs> they feel like the transaction ends once they've you've given them the money and yeah. they've confirmed the product is what they want. So them getting a call back two weeks later to verify that w- the product is fine and you're happy with it, you know, is a is a big game changer and that has helped build. Um, a loyalty. So we like we haven't been advertising as much or anywhere near as much as slot. But the customers that do know us, the customers that have patronized us in the past, have like a very strong loyalty to us. And like even though there are many more slot stores and they could be that are convenient for them to go to, they come back to us because we give the impression of like, you know what, we really care about you and your purchase, you know, like it's not, we're not just trying to get these phones out the door. We want to make sure that you're happy with what you're getting. And um, so now that is an example of somebody who would be a good target for this, because this is another system where, hey, you can build another layer of interaction with your customers, you know, like you can give them rewards, you have access to the data, you can see what they're buying, you start realizing this person buys Nokia, the last two or three purchases have been Nokia phones. If there's a new Nokia phone release coming up, you can make a special thing where they can offload their discount points to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that makes, so these are the little things that, um, sorry, I got distracted. Nepa took light. They brought it for like five minutes and took it. Like, oh, I'm so annoyed. You must have been really excited when they did, right? <laughs> I was excited, but I didn't want to shout. I was in the middle of an important speech, but now they took it, and I'm like, God. Nepa is a company that could be using this service, but they don't care. And you have a card. No, seriously, you have a card where you load on your credits and this thing. You put it into a machine, and like, you get what I mean? Like, I hate these people's. You know what? I, let me even leave Nepal alone. Let me focus on <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, Within so, 217, why your company should come to Startup Chile? We, I can't remember the last time I knew what Nepal and Power Cards were. Just has um, to be a bump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Bosa, I, I, I had a similar question when you were talking about the loyalty program before Ezra asked it. And I think my, and you had my main problem with it is that your pool is very, very limited if you're thinking of just Nigeria. So how do you find these needles in a haystack that are the misbitches of the world and the salon that um, you're surprised at how they do, how frequently they use your, your platform? How do you... And I know before we start recording, we had this mini conversation about... Um, oh, it just kicked my mind. The business oh, things? I'm getting Improving, old. getting better at business? Um, it was about getting better business, but it was also, okay, it will come to me later. Okay. Moving on. But like, how do you find this um, one in a million companies that would use your platform? Oh, yes, I remember what it was. Um, and not running to the risk of building features as opposed to selling, because that's what we're talking about. That is so much easier to Great. build product than uh, it is to sell to people. And I fear that that's something that could happen with this product, because... 
you'll find many ways to improve on it based on the few customers you have, yes. but it'll be so hard to find people who would then buy to, into it. So it becomes a lifestyle slash luxury business as opposed to something that could actually be a very profitable, I, sustainable business. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is a an issue I like as a, as I was coming on board, like I realized that, uh, you know what, writing code is not the way forward. Um, you have to get this into people's hands and make sure they're using it. So I've been the, the guy that officially re- rejects every new feature on the, on the basis of, you know what, we have a streamlined plan. We want to start, we want to actually start um, collecting payments on this thing, right? Like, I don't know why you're delaying. This thing has been good to go for a long time. Yes, but it'll be nice with this feature. I get you. Let's get a list of people that want this new feature. Let's get the, let's get their credit card. Let's put it into Paystack. Wait, we don't have Paystack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's put their credit card into whatever whatever system we're going to end up using. Hint, hint. And we should... <laughs> And, you know, have it there. Let's, you know, this feature you're talking about is not complicated, but I need a willingness to pay because right now this is like, we cannot keep going like this. I'm, I'm, if, maybe I've not said it enough times. I'm very funding adverse. Not that funding is useless or is bad, but yeah. you, you can't, you, you, you can't, but having money in the bank that isn't from your customers is no guarantee of success. You will just keep putting money in the bank, but until you're able to actually convince someone to pay you for the thing you're doing, you will continue borrowing money till you can find no one else to borrow it from, and you guys will pack up and you know write the sunset post on Medium and. Which, uh, sorry, sorry, quick one. Um, there's a second. I I think I mentioned the second um company that I met that um does those um loyalty thing around here as well and the way they're even doing it is even in a very very minimalist way and all um all they do is um pretty much they plug into your inventory system or whatever it is you use to manage customer orders or requests um at your shop and um a couple of a, a um, moments after the customer walks out they get an sms on their phone that says hey um thank you for you know uh, patronizing us and all of that um you know we'd like yeah. if you can give us reviews on yelp um trip advice or whatever i mean the different review websites that are available around and then with the link and everything and then these guys feel right. and the sms is personal and you know sms is kind of big yeah anyway it's, it's still involved because yes. it's yes. free and whatnot i don't know so um person well, says you said here you meant the us yeah okay. yeah in the us yeah so <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, like, they see it and they're like, oh, yeah, this company loves me because they don't feel the, they don't feel that the SMS is automated. It kind of comes as if it's personal for some reason because of the right. delay and all of that introduced into the whole process, which, like you said, in your dad's case, it calls these guys maybe like four weeks after they've uh, come to make the purchase, you know, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, and then they go back and then review and whatnot, and then get and then they in turn get more incentive to go back to this to the um, place for more purchases and all of that. It's not even like those people right. are promising them anything, 
But then, of course, those people can now start promising them something when they see that, oh, people are actually coming back and whatnot. And guess how much? This is a new company. They're barely a year old. They already um, make um, over $50,000 in revenue monthly. I know. Nice. And they are growing. You understand? So, yeah. So, it's also all of that that also added to that me say, oh, apparently that is big. Right? Because they're not even doing anything. They're not doing as much as... They're not even saying, oh, we're going to be giving points. You have a card. You this, you that, you know. All they are saying is, "Hey, thanks for coming. Go review us on Yelp." And that is how these guys are doing, and they are making this amount of money, you know, on a monthly. This is their own revenue. This is not investor money, you know, stuff like that. Yes. So imagine when yes. they now add up all these other um, uh, features that you are talking about. Verticals. The, yeah, you understand, and then and then delivering a lot more value to the customer because now in this case I don't even think there is a dashboard involved here but then when you can even start right. seeing your customers on a dashboard and see how much you spent in converting them to customers how much you've made from them as customers and then you you know you try to balance all these things out and like oh yeah at the end of the day I would like to spend more on acquiring customers but be able to you know make more mm-hmm. yeah and do it in a very wise way and all of that and see all of these figures on the dashboard and you know, mind blown. You're like, oh my God, yeah, we're doing the right thing. Imagine how much you can actually make from businesses when you can deliver all of that. So, yeah, that's, yeah. Just. That, you, yeah, no, you're you're totally on track. Like, see, um, the basic thing is when, when you get points here, you yeah. send an SMS. Yeah. You get an SMS saying, thanks for patronizing us again. You've just earned X amount of points, right? Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, phone call was coming in. I had to cut that. Damn, oh. I should turn. I should turn. I should put my phone on airplane mode next time. <laughs> sorry, guys. Around ten o'clock in the night. Don't they know that you're married now? So why why are you spoiling his moves? I know where uh, that came from. Like that was so random. I'm sorry. This guy's not married. Please call him at any time you want. Moving on. Yeah, I don't even understand. So, so, so this is how you're dreaming. You first make me sound like ah, this guy is onto something nice in tech. Now, the women in tech will try and phone me. You'd be like, no, 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 they might keep back. But thank you for simultaneously raising and destroying my market value. Um, you'll be fine. I will. Be. I will. Yeah. Be. Um, okay. So, um. Like I said, we're sending SMS. The one feature that I'm actually very driven to build right now, regardless of everything else, is supremely simple. With the SMS, just say, how was your experience? You know, like, how was your, give them a link to basically Mm -hmm. a small web page. It's like, how was your experience with us today? Mm -hmm. Smiley face, frowny face. If they okay. click frowny face, do you want to leave a comment? If they click smiley face, do you want to leave a uh, review? Do you get what I mean? And that is, do you, does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, because when that you were talking about going to ask, I was going to ask, how do you get people to even leave those comments? Because people don't like typing, to be honest. Um, but I like the simplicity no, I mean, of the smiley face, frowny face. It's perfect. It gives you the basic of what you need. And if you really got to yes. them that much, then they would actually start typing. Otherwise, you right. still get the information you need. That's great. 
yeah, even if they don't want to type it, at least we have like, okay, we can yeah. see that there's most, most visits to your store, uh, you know, get a smiley face of all the mm-hmm. response. Oh my God. One second. Okay. The person now tried a different way to get in touch with me. I've told them I'm, I should put my phone on airplane mode. Anyways. Hello? We're still here. Yeah. Okay, so that's cut off. How good is your battery right now, though? Uh, I told you this was the mystery meat battery. Like, I, 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 I can have anywhere from fifteen minutes to one hour. Ah. I don't know. Right. <laughs> God help me. Um. Anyways, so that is this. So what I'm really trying to focus on is building, using this as like a gateway to build a new. Um, layer of interaction between the merchant and their customer or a, a new platform. So now, for example, I know that if I shop at this place and I don't have a good experience, I can simply, you know, like the message will come in. I can click frowny face and send a message like, oh, I just went to your new, I, I, just, I just came for a pedicure and this lady you know, just cut my leg and she didn't, mm-hmm. you know, like I got, I got a terrible experience. I don't plan on coming back here again. Now the merchants themselves get that message and they can see it. And they're like, Oh my God, this customer who I can see over time has been coming and has spent close to 20,000 Naira in the last three months in my shop is annoyed about something. This new girl I hired did new girl or guy did mm. i don't you know like this is not cool she the person can quickly reach out and have a conversation you know just press the button on the dashboard to send an sms to the customer and you know reach out now the customer gets this message the the owner of the business clearly cares you know like even if the customer the owner of the business can just filter by frowny faces and be like okay mm. who didn't have a good experience and go through the messages and get a general impression of what's going on. That layer of interaction between them is vital. They need, businesses need that. So as much as this is a loyalty reward system, it needs to be, um, I'm, I'm trying to turn it into this, the, the, the real offerings is building that level of glue between the customer mm-hmm. and the, and the merchant. So that's why, uh, that's another reason, or maybe, I don't know if it's the the target driving the strategy or the strategy informing the target, but that's why we need um, owners of businesses who care about their experience and everything because they will not go through this process if they really don't care. They're like, this person, you, you, get, you get the idea. Those customers are always complaining yeah. anyways. As long as they'll come back. But we need someone who cares. So we need to find those spaces that really, those businesses that really care about the experience. And, you know, it's usually not going to be some very big, elaborate, 50-year-old company in Nigeria that has been doing things the same old way. It needs to be somewhere smaller, maybe for... um, I, I hate to sort of stereotype this way, but maybe the owners have traveled out and have experienced a different level of customer service and they're trying to bring that back. That would be the ideal person because they know what they want. They've seen the way people treat other people 
in other like th they've seen service in other countries and they want to bring it here but then you know their employees are not people they're flying in from uk us asia to come and serve there are people that you hire on the street here every day who are used to poor levels of customer service and now enforcing these tools give them a way to have a feedback loop beyond while while not being there at the counter so you can't be there every day all day but you know that if your customer taps this card and they want to to get their point they, you've opened a doorway of communication between yourself and them that bypasses the people at the front desk now you come in the next day and say bros how far now like you cut this lady's leg like how did you did you tell her anything like do you, i i understand that she left angry what happened you know, and by the time you've done that once or twice, these people know that, oh, my God, this guy knows things about this business that, you know, it, uh -huh. it is not just because he's not here doesn't mean I, ca I can get away with doing bullshit. Like I need to be I need to be careful about how I treat this thing. So whether they treat them because they treat them well because they love good customer service or they treat them that way because they're scared of your repercussions the tools are enabling you to get the information to make your decision and run your company the way you need to. So, you know, th that's so where... So basically right now, if you're a company and you are looking for more insights on your customers and you want to keep them loyal to you, you should be talking to Uzo. Yes. Uh, I, I guess this that's is me plugging it for you. Because <laughs> To do thank it. you, thank you. I, I haven't realized that's what, yes, that 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 is what you should be doing. Um, we should we should have a conversation about look at how you own it. it. <laughs> I'm not trying to own it. I'm trying to just, you know, I think that's a good idea. And that also reminds me. I I think Ezra, do do now you're starting to understand why, based on your question about plugging into an inventory management system. Yeah. Do you see why I had that conversation with you earlier that I was like, hey, how far with that thing? Yeah, yeah. I see why you yes. had that. What thing? Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Well, Ezra, do you want to... Um, yeah, so, no, 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 no. So there's... Okay. Um, while I think last year, um, there was this product I built for uh, a, a small shop in Idumota. Uh, they sell toys, I think, yeah, no, and then apparently children's toys, not the other toys you might think. Oh my it's god! Okay, yeah. Israel. Okay. So... <laughs> I had to clarify. I had to clarify. <laughs> now I think it's actually not children's toys, and you guys are trying to hide it. Maybe we are trying to hide it. Maybe we aren't. But they sell toys, and uh, the process of selling uh, because they, well, they sell wholesale. Um, a lot of people come to the store. They are, um, they are, what do they call these people? They are attendants that go around and all of that are overwhelmed. And they were thinking of, okay, how do we use technology or some form of automation to, like, you know, solve this? Um, their invoicing is currently being done on paper or was being done on paper. They wanted to have all of that automated and also be able to cut out, cut out. Um, there are different points in the purchase process between when you walk in the store and when you make, uh, make your payment and when you walk out with your goods. That it is possible someone somewhere along the line puts gives you extra goods, so you can go out, go somewhere around the corner, and then they can collect the goods back from you know, and you know, just um, cheat the store owner 
out of um, a lot of inventory and stuff. So um, I basically built something, it had the mobile components, barcodes, scanners and whatnot, you know. Um, Uzo came with me to one of the meetings I had with them while we were doing um, the deployment and all of that. So you saw how it worked and then was telling me, hey, um, we can actually make this a SaaS of some sort, you know, instead of just limiting what we built to this um, particular customer and all of that, because there are a number of um, businesses that um, that also face this problem. Need this solution. Yeah, and need the solution, including his dad's business. I like how he um, finds a way to make his dad's business relevant in every conversation. But yeah. So I'm just I'm just joking, but yeah, I then, guy, yeah, yeah, useless. And then you said that, and interestingly enough, when we first met, he was showing me this um, product that he was working on for his dad's business. Actually, that was kind of like a small subset of what I'd done for those people. So basically, the conversation just went well. Like, oh yeah, um, we can actually work together, and uh, what you say makes sense, and all of that. I may not have the time to focus on actually making it into a proper um, um, product, into a proper product that everybody can make use of. But yeah, I think, um, so that's what, that was what led to Uzo asking me about it recently because yeah, so I'm guessing, cause he also wants to see how he can plug it into his loyalty business, into right. his loyalty like product. You- which makes sense because this is point. you wanting to because a lot of other companies don't even have the inventory stuff in place anyway so if you find yes. the right candidate for your solution it just makes sense to deploy an end-to-end for them as against right yeah yeah so now imagine like because the the traditional point of sale that they sell to you in nigeria is a windows desktop yeah with some archaic gray interface for you that is very sometimes you'll be surprised that everything is all built in microsoft access Mm -hmm. database the entire forms everything you know so so now being able to give them the like being able to buy for example a twenty thousand hour tablet which would not shut off when nepa takes light and you get longer battery life Mm -hmm. you get a you get you get a responsive web design interface that looks nice and you're able to do all of this stuff it gives you like it gives you a new level of um possibilities yeah. right um like the component ezra is talking about that i made was an offline capable web website basically the website worked even when there was no internet which is perfect because now you can do the work on the device, the device will hold the data and you can just get them to sync at the end of the day Yeah. and push push the data back up all, online. And so now you have a sales, like you have the, you control the part that submits the sales data, right, mm-hmm. to whatever server. And based on that, we can then take that and, you know, even give a more detailed text back to the person so for example the one thing i've like if if we could get this off the ground the one thing i want to do is be able to text them their receipt end of story just (laughs) this is your receipt and 
it would be, I think, would be a completely, it would, it would change a lot. Because one, the receipt is digital, so we don't even really need them to come back in with the receipt. We can just ask for their phone number or something, and we can look up their receipt. But more importantly, them getting their receipt digitally starts giving, you know, moving them to a bit more closer towards digital solutions. They now start getting used to interacting with the company on a digital level, and that just solidifies the how would I say, the moat that people have to cross to like, so if somebody wants to compete with us, there's a lot of entrenched things they need to cross just to get to our customer's heart. And um, so I'm not in a super rush to build out these things. What I'm really in a rush to do is identify the right people and start bringing them on board and, going with them because like these are all just my ideas those are the two top things i want to build but then i don't know what level of competency they have or like maybe there's already a standard point of sale software that every nigerian or a a good majority of nigerian companies are using and i have to try and find a way to integrate you know like i i don't know and i i'm you know like i i tend not to worry about these things mine is just Let's get out there. Let's find the right people and let's get this ball rolling. And to to be fair, the guy I'm working with is like really diligent with that. Like he's been going out like every time I check there are new customers on board and I'm like, uh uh-uh, like honestly, when when do we, like between the last time we had a conversation and now you've already done this much. So um yeah, I that makes sense. It, it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. And I even told him, like, one of these weeks, I want to go with him to on, like, sales trips, like when he's going to meet the customers or whatnot or trying to approach a new customer. At least let me learn this aspect of of doing this, how to identify a right type, you know, like, it would be super helpful, like, even if not just for this, but for anything else. Like, I want to learn the business part of things i i think i mentioned it when the call before the call started that nobody told me that be like the business part of it is much harder than writing <laughs> software so it's it, it came as a an unpleasant surprise but mm-hmm. thank god i decided to start learning at 28 not at 48 you know like it's it, it, it would be a shame to have 25 years of programming experience and six months of sales only, you know, like it's, it's good that I've identified it's important now. So like five years from now, there'll be a nice balance of things and, you know, it would be different. It would be a different situation identifying a market gap and you can build yeah. it and approach the right people and sell it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Who's us taking the yeah. entire one hour of this? Uh, Which was really cool, but I mean, it was very <laughs> yeah, it was, it was super informative. So I'm, yeah. I'm all for that. But to end on a lighter note, I wanted to ask you guys, um, what was the one fun thing you read this week? Because I have one fun thing I read today. So you know, I'll pretend like I really want to hear what you read, and then I'll tell you what I read. Okay. okay, just, just tell us as what you're doing. Just read. go ahead and tell us. No, but I'm actually interested in hearing what you guys read. Um, but anyway. oh, we don't read fun no, but, things every week, sorry. 
Eh? I said, do we don't read fun things every week. So this week wasn't my week of reading something fun. I wouldn't even call it like fun per se. I just think it was an interesting thing. So there's this website called 538. I don't know if you've heard about it before. No. Uh, but they write yes. a bunch of stuff, mostly data-driven. But um, there's this one I read about how a dead man here convinced dozens of women to have as many babies as possible. So How he did what? Millionaire. Okay. Convinced dozens of women to have as many babies as possible. Okay. So in 1926, there's this guy called Charles who, well, died. But in his will, he wrote that apparently when he was alive, he was a practical joker. Like he was just a prankster. And in his will, there were two interesting things. <laughs> One, he had this house in Jamaica that he passed on to three guys who hated themselves. And the only condition for either any of them to have the house is if three of them co-owned the house. But that was like the soft part of it. Then the remaining $9 million he had, he said that after 10 years, it should be given to the woman that gives birth to the most number of children in that time frame. Wow. Yeah. Please, who won it? How many babies did she give birth to? So at the end, there was like a lot of people in the contest. About two of them got disqualified because one of them had five children from her husband who she ended up divorcing. Uh-huh. And then she moved to another guy and she had, five, she had five other children with that guy. She had 10 in total, but the judge said the only definition of children he has is legitimate children with her husband. So hey, Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 oh god hey this guy's, this guy's in the grave laughing right now like this is a wicked soul <laughs> there was this woman who had I think 11 children but 3 of them were still born so the judge said oh. the only children he will consider as children are those that are alive a dead child is not this child. judge so <laughs> the, the real practical joker is the judge I see. that's the real practical <laughs> And there was a time, because the guy is Canadian, there was a time that the, um, because it was, I think it was around the recession and stuff, the government of Canada wanted them to scrap the bet or the will and give all the money to the University of Windsor for research. Mm-hmm. There was an uproar by, by the people, so that didn't happen. But I think the, there were about five people that won, and five of them had like 12 children. Wow. So they split the money among them. But I'll share the link with you guys. It's actually quite interesting just reading it. And it's pretty short. <laughs> okay. The end. All right. Yeah. All right. I, so, um, okay. It doesn't even compare. I can't even talk about it. Or, um, there's, I, I follow a bunch of blogs um, and usually about entrepreneurship because, like I said, I want to learn this stuff. And there's a guy who has a screencasting service. It's called Watch Me Code. And he teaches people how to program by, you know, they watch him program and he talks to them um, while he's doing it. And I just saw recently he op- he opened up his metrics, like basically opened up his Stripe dashboard with bare metrics. And so you can see his entire like monthly revenue, his churn rate, his everything. Everything is like out there on a public facing website um for the world to see and i th- i thought that was interesting because i cannot imagine a nigerian company opening up to tell you this is how much they make and 
how many customers they gain and lose every month. Um, that's um pretty that that's that's like that's like having sex with no curtains. <laughs> but what's what's your, what are your what's your take on that though? Um, being open about your company's runnings generally, I think it's good for people to learn from it. But on a, I'm running a business state of mind when you're taking competition and people who are just, as they will say, haters. How do you factor in okay. all that? And what's your take on transparency in running a business? Um, my personal thoughts on the matter are what you get the the you can get much more specific and accurate help and assistance than you than you would if you were keeping your cards to your chest. So, like for example, I want to go have a conversation with um, Ezra about yo this loyalty card thing. Here's what's going on, but he really has no idea and can only hear like. He only knows what I've told him and the hype he's heard about the businesses in the U.S., right? But as a, which is completely different than if you know he has, you know, I'm like, yo, Ezra, here are the last six months of how we've performed. I really need to pick your brain on this because I'm in a rut and I need to know how to go forward. And he can look at it. And again, it's a public-facing website, so he can look at it and even show more experienced people in his contacts. He could reach out to one of these companies and show them and be like, hey, yo, what do you guys think of this? I have a friend who's trying to do something like this in a different market space. What advice would you give him? The quality of advice and guidance I would get in that scenario is completely different than if I kept it to my, you know, kept my number secret to myself. And so I don't, which kind of, it kind of is the reason why I don't have any reservations talking about what we're doing or what I'm planning or how it's going. Because no matter what other people know about what I'm doing, the thing that matters the most is execution. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't care. If, I don't care if anyone knows the new feature I want to build with the SMS receipts. I don't, I really don't care how it comes across, how the customers perceive it, how the merchants perceive it is what will make or break my, my, my venture. And so that is the important thing to me. So talking to people about it, you know, somebody can, somebody can pick up the phone tomorrow or next week and, and call me. I'm like, yo, Uzo, have you actually factored in the cost of sending that many SMSs? Damn, you know, I never really did. And here I was about to run this thing and this thing would have shortened my runway from a year to like eight months. How does that affect what I'm doing? Would I, you get what I mean? Yeah. Th that kind of openness, I feel, brings more help you than, of course, it will bring, you know, like, huh, like I said, it's like sex with no curtains. Everybody really sees <laughs> what's going on. It's like, this nigga is a two-minute nigga. Shit. You know, but then they can help that, him off his game. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yo, Nigga, this, is, this is how you stroke. This is how you stroke. <laughs> okay, you okay. know, like, <laughs> that is the point. really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, all jokes aside, that I, I feel the openness is an interesting thing. Um, there's a, what's that other company? Buffer. Buffer does yeah. this. 
They're really good with that. I was going to mention them. Yes, you know, and there's a bunch of other companies that are signed up with bare metrics and they have their metrics exposed on a public URL. It's like a web service for you to expose your Stripe dashboard transactions. So you can they can see who's by like not who by name, but they can see, oh, there was a twelve dollar purchase, you know, another twelve dollar purchase, an eight dollar purchase, a fifteen dollar purchase. So people can even see which plants people are buying. You can see the person's churn rates, you can see the person's acquisition rates, you know, it, it does some comparisons on like month on month or year on year kind of thing. So like it's really good and that kind of openness helps you be accountable to like not just yourself, you know, you, you don't just keep it to yourself when things are going okay or bad, but you have the world or the world who cares as part of your advisory team, you know, like if, if you do, it, it makes it a lot easier to write a post every month about how you're doing and what you're going to do or what you're doing different and get quality feedback on it. I don't know. My thoughts. Fair enough. I, I totally agree on that front. Yeah. Okay. As so, did you get so, anything? Um, well, we're going to talk about, um, as our last, um, last episode, when you left, we're going to talk about um, the state of women in tech and um, I don't know what challenges they face as uh, a result of the agenda that um, are maybe sort of um, obscure to the rest of us you know because um, when I talk to other ladies every now and then other you know Mm -mm. talk to other ladies (laughs) now and then (laughs) yeah um, I always get to learn something new regarding how people um relate to them or you know maybe some comments guys make that the guys making them might not exactly think of the gravity of um, or the implication of what they're saying but at the end of the day even when someone else hears it comes off as oh my god they did really say that you know stuff like that so i mean i've actually even heard someone tell a girl at idea of sometime that um um all this um technology technology thing that she's um, trying to do and all of that you know that she should she should rather go improve on her skills in the kitchen and stuff (laughs) yeah like this was a guy who was a member (laughs) and (laughs) she was also there you know so you 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 know one would even assume okay maybe putting people together under the same roof and you know trying to mentor them or you know exposing them to um, collaboration and all of that would improve the situation of things but you know for a comment like that to be coming up in the, in such an environment one can only imagine what happens elsewhere or when ladies find themselves in the real world you know trying to actually get real stuff done and you know like the other like the woman from Iroko said you know going to meetings with um, Jason and uh, movie producers are talking to are talking and then saying, "Well, they won't go on with the conversation if she doesn't come sit on their laps or something, you know, stuff like that." So, are you serious? Yes, I, I read that blog post, but I like maybe I meant to just block that out. Like, I can't. So yeah, um, now that we have a woman on the show or a lady on the show, yeah. So talk to us. Um, is there anything 
Anything interesting? Any you know? Yeah, I think just general. So go ahead. What was your worst experience with men in tech? <laughs> I'm sure I had to do with Ezra I'm, too. I'm, yeah, sure. so I'm, I'm still here. Ah, I just want Ezra. A bit okay. of business going around. Um, I think it's something that I definitely have to think a bit more um, about. And I, I also don't think, mainly because we're one hour over. Um, I think we it's something that. We can talk. We can go on. Reason, so the two reasons why. My battery can't die anyway. The, the two <laughs> things I was thinking of is one that I, I need a more structured, like processed, having to write down stuff I've seen or observed. Um, as opposed to, none of them come to mind off the top of my head that would not, yeah, in the best way that I would like to represent them. So, Crowdcast, and also that we're, that's why we are Crowdcast. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be the best way you can represent them. can be any hour, anyhow. At this point, I am requesting that we move this on to a full-on conversation later on. But then um, I do, um, I understand what you made, or I... Um, when you talked about that thing that happened at Idea Hub where somebody says go to the kitchen instead, yeah. um, I, I'm not surprised that that would happen. I'm surprised that you're surprised that it will happen because just because you put different people in a room, you can't just expect all of them to understand each other from the get-go. This is You're talking about if the guy is young, I guess he'll be like 21, 21 years of being made to feel like this is these are the roles and this is how things work. Yeah. Um, and you can't just take that away in I one think, week. I think it's, I think it's me um, being surprised at um, him not realizing that he needs to. You know, I mean, it's one thing to think in a particular way to have a particular mindset. It's another thing to think it is okay to actually say it out loud. You know, that kind of, that's that's where I'm coming from. Or that's that's where my surprise came from. So, yeah. I, I guess I get what you mean, but uh, I mean, I, I'm definitely not surprised. I've heard the most inane things from the people who I thought were more, would I say, exposed or who should know better. And so, like, it's not my, my own thing at the end of the day is, and for this, you also have to have a level of not giving a shit about stuff. I always call people out when they say stuff like that. I'm like, what, what exactly do you mean? Sometimes they legit don't know that what they're saying is wrong yeah. or there's anything. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like there's, there's this term I use for most, and this is me generalizing for a lot of guys that I've met. It's called selective obliviousness. Like you legit think that what you're saying makes sense because it hasn't happened to you. I've heard somebody say something like, okay, this one, I won't say it about being a woman in tech as such as being a woman working. Um, and this is TMI alert. So okay. you have cramps when you're on your period. And somebody tells me something shitty like, Haven't you, how old are you now? You're like 28. Haven't you had them one month every day of your life? Shouldn't you be used to the pain by now? I'm like, dude, would you like for me to kick you in the balls once every month and tell me that you'll get used to the pain? Like you hear ridiculous stuff like that. And it's the little things that you're like, you should know better. You really should know better. But that's why I'm saying that this is like a full-on conversation for a whole episode to be talked about. And I'm not like... And the other thing is, what's the end game with it? Is it just to make people aware of what they're saying? Or is it just to like air your views about it? Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, anybody who says there isn't that systemic bias against women in honestly any field <laughs> is probably male. It's probably male or just doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, and that's okay. I think at the end of the day, what needs to get done is 
for people to call people out a bit more, like just tell them, pause, listen to yourself. What you said, that's not okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's for me, that's one of the, and even if they don't change how they approach things or what they say, now that they know, they know that next time they say it, there'll be something in the back of them, in the back of their minds that tells them what you're saying is wrong. And if they choose not to listen to that, then that's on them. But first step, just let them know, call them out. All right, cool. Um, I guess we'll have we'll still have a much broader conversation about this um, later, but I think that's fine for today. Then. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. I think we can close the episode at this, but yep, yeah, yeah. I actually like to ask a question. Is Uzo still there? Yes, he is. No, he's not. Uzo. Oh wow. He actually dropped off. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. then. Uh, I think that's fine. That's fine. We can end it, end it here. So. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Easy. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> uh, Skype crashed on my phone. I actually thought my battery died for some, sec- for, for some reason. And I just realized it was on. But Skype just crashed on the guy. Whatever. All right, all right. We're we're already talking about um, you know um, rounding, rounding up. But yeah, do you have something else you want to add? You had a question. Um. Yes. Well, maybe not a question. There was a question I've forgotten it. But that's select. Um. You called it selective obliviousness. Yeah. Yes, I think that's an excellent term. Um. And of course, I'm not a woman in. I'm actually not a woman at all in any regard. But (laughs) the point I try to get at is, I've experienced this in its own very weird way. And this was in Canada. Um. I there was a I. I went to a, a town. It's not really a small town. It's like near the capital of the country. And I went to um, I went to go visit a friend. And after hanging out with him, like the day I was going back, went to a breakfast place to just go eat and before we say goodbye and whatnot. And we went there and we're sitting down to eat. We've ordered. Sorry, the lady comes over. You know, what, what, what would you like to order? And he places his order. And I'm like, I would like eggs. And she's like, how do you like your eggs? I'm like, sunny side up. She's like, that's interesting. I'm like, why? She's like, because, you know, I've never seen any of you guys order sunny side up eggs. Like, you always like the yolk hard. And I'm like, <laughs> like my friend is looking right at me, right? And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, we both know, like, we both know what she's saying, but it's like, like I'm just like no, like I'm like so um sorry, you guys. Okay. And she's like you know, she's like you know the darks. And it, I just like I <laughs> fell over laughing. Like this is so this is the perfect example of or to me anyways, perfect example of selective obliviousness. Like you don't like for one, it's like even if you're thinking this kind of thing, this is not something you say out loud and. It's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, if someone said this about um, waitresses or white people or, you know, like small town waitresses, and I said, oh, you guys are all this way, you would take offense to it because it is stereotypical. So I don't know how, well, I'll give her credit for not saying 
nigger, you know, like, but she's, uh, I'm not saying the blacks, but the darks, interesting choice of word, like, she was trying to be politically I, I, correct, I, I think but, that's, like, patronizing and slightly, like, if you're, go- if you're going to do something, can you just do it well? What did she mean by, she no, knows no, what no. she was no, thinking. See, no, see, no, no, see, that's where I like your term, it, selective obliviousness. I don't think she was trying to be rude or say something. She was trying to be genuinely friendly. Yeah. But how to package everything is is she 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 was unaware. Do you understand what I mean? And I think that is the same thing with a lot of guys. Like maybe they're just trying to play around. Maybe they're just trying to be jovial or you know or just be w- funny in some way or whatever. Yeah. And it it comes across the wrong way. I I had a conversation with someone. On radar, the, a, a while I was actually trying to make fun of Ezra, but the way I packaged the joke came across as sexist. Yeah, and it was like, well, actually, you know, I wasn't really that. That wasn't that was not my objective. I was trying to set up for a joke, but you know what? I got you. I see what you're trying to say, and I, you know, like, of course, if, it, like, if there was a different context. I would have been more aware of what it, what it is I'm saying or what it is I'm trying to imply here. So it was a case of selective um, obliviousness. Maybe obliviousness or selective obliviousness, right? Okay. All right. Yes. Um, so, I guess so. when in doubt, always like start with a small group of people that you know. Test it out with your friends. One, don't do it in public. Don't embarrass your family and the home training they gave you. <laughs> Two... <laughs> So when in doubt, do unto others. If you would not take that as a joke, if it was applied to something that is, what I say, what do you call that word? Um, a stereotype or exclusive to just you. Like, if it's not a joke you can take, don't say it. And in a case where somebody does that to you, like you're on the receiving end of this kind of selective obliviousness, um, make it a teachable moment. Like, just educate them on it. Don't get too angry and prove their points, just use it as a learning opportunity. But yeah. All right. We'll leave to learn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. A good, good one from everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy Ezra. Your validation is <laughs> a lot to me. <laughs> what? Did you, say, did you say thank you, Daddy? I said thank you, Daddy Ezra. Your validation means a lot to us. Oh, Okay. Okay. It's the way he said it, like, we've been good children on the show so far. Nice one for yeah. me, guys. Yes, you guys have. <laughs> it's all very fraternal. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm not calling you daddy, Ezra. Just so you know. <laughs> you, you've you done that in yeah, other yeah. ways in the past, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've done this in what's other. I beg end this show now. I don't want to be part of this again. <laughs> We're it before, before this goes on a different tangent. Yeah. You get like, <laughs> yeah, good. So, Tolu, you you started shredding my reputation, and this boy threw it in the dustbin now. I don't know what you're talking about, but it was such a great pleasure speaking with you guys about loyalty programs, women in tech, and all the things in between. I'm looking forward to the next episode. I wonder what it'll be about. You better start thinking about yeah. it now. I'd like us to do something around data. Our own data. Well. 
Didn't you say that? Oh, <laughs> leprechauns. This this sounds like a scam. This this sounds like a scam. Like you said that you're going to sit down and write a fully structured thing for us. This is just the appetizer. Oh 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 yeah. Um, before before we forget, um, I think. Um, we should talk about um, the new structure we're planning to um, implement on the show moving on. Um, that is the um, introducing office hours and office having hours. yes, and having people calling at um, you know maybe for fifteen minutes of the show and um, ask us okay. questions. Can we just ask instead, and then let's see what the reception is like? Yes, and yes, yes. So that's so that's what we're doing. That's basically what we're doing right now. So um, I think when we post this on maybe radar or Twitter or something, people would respond and um, let us know if you know if they think it's a good idea. It's a brilliant idea, and uh, um, we we'll also put up a website or something where people can actually make requests for okay. yeah sign up so we can uh, schedule them for specific episodes. And also, yeah, and also oh, let them know what oh. time we'll be recording. Maybe, maybe we can just have a hashtag so people can tweet at that hashtag, and we can just look through it and yeah, that's that's know, like, brilliant. Oh, yeah. that's brilliant. That's also cool. Yeah, because you said because you said phoning in. I'm like, this is sounding very serious. But um, yeah, um, at the end of the day, it's all about um, talking about uh, whatever problem it is you have about your product, your business, your startup, your whatever, your assignment. I don't know anything. Um, and and we, then you get the crudiest advice available. <laughs> exactly, you know, and we think we have crudiest and constructive. <laughs> my, my advice: expose all your metrics. Bare metrics. If you if you have bare metrics, I'm not even talking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> but the good part about being and um, you said what? I, I was about to stop pitching us. Oh, okay. To be cool is because we all have diverse experience, very robust, very good for your startup. Come yeah. talk to us. Come we talk can to help us. you. Yeah, we can help <laughs> you, and um, we can also tell you to you know go shove your startup in the toilet and start something new or join the company. So. Hope you won't be offended when we <laughs> when we go down that route. But yes, do we have to join Facebook? Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> um. So, so office hours and getting in touch with people. Hey guys, we should start organizing our next guest on the show. Like, yes. I think let's call Papa Olaf Body up. Let's send him a mail. Thank you. I was thinking, I didn't want to put him on the spot on the air, but yes. I've done that like, already. Yeah. Twice now. This is not the first time you've done it. <laughs> but he's used to you. I'm sure he I really would like to have a conversation. And he's doing a, what's it called? An inventory management. Store, which you can plug into, you know. Yeah, so. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. So we can we can have that conversation on the air, and you can tell me no. <laughs> I <did. laughs> um, yeah, we should start thinking of that, and maybe start trying to find out what people want to hear from us in yeah. some way or the other. Now Show ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Um, what do you, what do you guys think about us starting maybe like a Slack um, group or some sort? Not yet. That's, that's too official. So official. It's like having what, like what would, no, no, it's, it's not it's not official. Um, limitless. Anybody can join. You know. No what will happen? Uh, I get. You said. 
what would happen? What would we use it for? Um, conversations between ourselves, basically connecting with our listeners. Okay. Yeah. Right. So for Would things like show ideas or whatnot, guest ideas, you know, basically a more um, a a platform on, like I just said, connecting. Oh, I just yeah. had a dope idea. We could send a notification out just before we start recording, and you know, like people can be chatting on Slack and interacting you know, with the show yeah, somehow. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, everything we're talking about goes on there. They are the first people to listen to it anyway, because as soon as we record, we just drop it there, you know. And yeah, sure. So. Uh, we'll, I like we'll how we all went from hell no to yes, I have a idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the sound of it. I think yeah. So to end off. First of all, Papa Labadi, we're asking you to be our next guest. This is us calling you out. Um, second, we want to start office, office hours. So if you're interested, totally sign up. And third, we'd like to hear from you or you'd like to hear from us. So talking points for Crackcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you to everyone that came on board as well. So, yeah. Have a great week, Bye. people. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> we care. <laughs> podcast cares. Do you have a podcast cares? Okay, we really need to end this before I start talking rubbish. Bye. It's already ended now. No, it hasn't. Oh. It's still recording. <laughs> hey. Yeah. hey! 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 Imagine if I've been packaging, imagine if I've been packaging accent for the audience now. You, you just let me put this over. Now, when I hear my, my deep voice. Okay, now let's hear our They say signs of the end just near. Have a nice one, everyone. And I quote, we came like them niggas in boats, still think it's a joke, your third eye vision is broke, we lifted from smoke and floating, that's how I got my aura open, check the horoscopes though, you can say I'm horoscoping, you catch me floating on a four leaf clover, that's the pot of gold, so we sunning them like Maury Povich, we gon' need paternity tests I guess, cause the vets ain't learning it step by step, it's beast coast, we the murderous set, we raining fire, and I don't mean to burn us in text, you gotta love it. All 47 of us, you ain't got a number, then I guess we gotta get you covered I'll connect him to my brother with the West Side Connection Cause he say he got the best in We got the birds like 247 So I'ma hit you back in a second Cause we already lived it We lived it, we lived it You trapped it, we lived it We lived it, we lived it So we already lived it We lived it, we lived it You trapped it, we lived it We lived it Said you could run, but my niggas were still a ratio. Everywhere I go, they just copy and paste us. Pace yourself, Frank, so you ain't like that, ain't you? Kerosene for your chaser. Waste yourself and thank your boy. Shots on me, I'm not drunk, let me explain my story. I'm not under, I'm hiding who my connect employ. Said for sure, he got fire. Most niggas take a whiff. The gracious, he never laced this shit. Take a trip to the Astros. Welcome to my land. It's your first OBE. Tell me, how's your body been? Spin the wheels on the axle of my body. Body, man. Don't waste your breath, you can't BS, we know what your body man Do third eye codes, your third eye clothes If Steve Jobs make you purchase a third eye phone All seeing eyes know what I means But 33 degrees can't make us freeze Said they watered us down, so they forced to believe That they want us through force and greed so we I said they wanting us now, so of course they need to be One enough force to lead so we already They watered us down, so they forced us to believe That they want us through force and greed So we already lifted, we lifted, we lifted You trapped it, we lifted, we lifted. Lift it, I lifted. Check. Check. 
I'm opening up my chakras, it's potent enough, I chop it I'm putting out all imposters, plotting to block my commas, trying to calm us down But it ain't happening, we mad as shit Still managing, girl, can I bust if I got cannabis? I have a zip, can I have a pants and zip? Ain't enough romantic shit, so don't be sad And if you couldn't have a kiss I'm still a bastard kid with blackened lips I'm still a pacifist, but if you ask for it Then I could pass a fist You don't smoke, isn't my introducer Not a Buddha abuser, feel like a bad boy when I take two puffs I you know, I be stoned, so Mary Jane is like Medusa Had keys for dough, would've thought he was a super But that's when I grew up, to realize I'm in the place to be May vacancy, you're still an MC They though they can see we part of the resistance We'll fix things, persistence We're shifting, we're drifting, we're lifting from the split that I lift From the split that I lift From the split that I lift and in hell 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 hell